Yeah, I know. It, it, it's crazy. It's, or like the, I mean, the, obviously the funny way you can get around it now is just by posting a, any picture with Mark Zuckerberg's face on it included and, and, it, and it won't get removed by the algorithm apparently. Is that really? true? Holy shit. Yeah, that's like, that, that's what uh, Atlas has done on some of his uh, posts to get around it, where you literally just <laughs> take take Mark Zuckerberg's face and superimpose it, and then the algorithm won't take Wait, it down. What? Like th- it has to be visible. It's not something that's like yeah, no, like by... it, it's like you like you, it's like you put it over a Taliban flag or something, and then the post won't be taken down or something. You know, <laughs> so it ends so up being good. a Mark Zuckerberg Taliban flag, which is arguably more offensive. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to the A Better Way to a Podcast with Andrew and Jordan. This week, our guest is Our Wars Today. Hello, thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on, man. So you are, you describe yourself as an OSINT, what would you call yourself, an analyst or? Uh, I I would say I'm someone, yeah, who posts OSINT, but uh, I would say I'm a little more focused on like the news history journalism side and then i think osin is a really good like supplemental tool sure um, sure to, for, for all these subject matters and uh, d- describe osin for us yeah so osin is open source intelligence which is basically just the collection of any public information that's online um so that could be in the form of a video or a photo someone posts on social media it could be um, from a government or a military website it could be from the the darkest you know um, reaches of the internet as long as it's publicly available in some form and that way it can be collected and then like sort of cited and sourced to like this is where it came from you know whether and then people can determine whether that source is reliable or not or you know look at the footage or the information and decide whether it's reliable or not and then be, you know people at different levels do different types of OSINT work like most militaries and governments have like OSINT analysts uh, they're called like OSIN is more like the civilian term I think uh, used for it generally. Like usually it's um, Hummant, uh, human intelligence, or uh, there's uh, what's the other one? Uh, there's another there's another term for it where basically it's you know applied to people who are professionally you know doing this for militaries and governments and stuff. And uh, OSIN is more generally like the public community sourced version of it. How cool is that that we have? something like this in you know 2023 i mean we had it for for a long time but i feel like with people spending more and more time on the internet uh like during and post covid i feel like pages like yours have gotten way more popular and have really become a a place for people to get their news from um especially with the the growing distrust in mainstream media uh and and the polarization of things like there are some certain people out there uh, myself included, who don't really feel like listening to the 24-hour news cycle, and there's certain things that I'm interested in. And finding a page like yours, like if somebody's interested in the situation in Ukraine or like any of the wars that are going on around the world, they're going to find information on your page. And I, I think it's really cool that people can kind of do this a la carte type um, media, not so much picking what they want as far as like uh, the opinions, but as far as the information that they really care about and, and you do a really good job. Is it just you doing hours? It's a, yeah, it's just me. I mean, I, uh, for the Atlas news website, um, as most people know, I mean, it's run by Atlas news and there's a number of contributors. Actually, we just got a bunch of new guys. So uh, hopefully since these new articles out from them, 
uh, as well. But yeah, it's it's just awesome. me who runs all the R Wars. Uh, well, you pages. kill it, man. Like it is, it is. Yeah, what is, I, you have like five accounts, right? Yeah, yeah, five accounts and three telegrams and a Twitter. <laughs> and, is that because uh, you get zucked constantly, or is that just? Yeah, uh, I, I mean, yeah, they're really for just security. Also, because uh, I learned pretty quickly that w- when you post everything on one account, people get like uh, sort of sidetracked with the like, you know, like I, some days I want to just post memes, right? Or some days I just want to post yeah. some like, cool nature shit or like some historical stuff, and that doesn't always fit in the context of a just like. A page which is most of the time focused on like modern conflict and like breaking news and that sort of stuff. So part of it was uh, because I need the backup pages. Like that's why I created them in the first place. But then when people started getting like, hey, I want to see this instead of this. I was like, okay, well, I'll put it on secondary pages I can collab with and still share that info on the you know main page. That is when my collaboration tools aren't removed by Zuck, which they are like literally every yeah. other week. Um, hey, that happened to Jordan. <laughs> like I, I got yeah, we were just talking for- about that today. I got him back last week, and they just took away from me again, like two days ago. Randomly, um, like what? Yeah, like I, I asked so for it ridiculous. back, I, and the only way I ever get it back, by the way, I don't know if anyone needs a tip how to get it back. You have to submit a bug report and beg for it. Um, oh, <laughs> I just submit countless bug bug reports and say, "Hey, I'm a journalist accredited. Please give me my <laughs> cool app tools back, please, please." And then I just keep submitting them until they give it to me back. Do you actually get to talk um, to a person, or is it like is, no? Is oh it- no, no. There's no communication can't call them can't email them but you can submit a, a bug report which they may or may not look at yeah um it's instagram so yeah but yeah i uh, created them for for backup and then just uh started shifting different types of content to different places and then once i got telegram i found that it was like a much better way to instantly talk to people um sort of get like straight to them and then they could also it's not like instagram where there's like 500 other accounts you're following on the main feed yeah um and they can get caught up in there but with telegram you go straight to the news and then also way you can forward telegram messages from channels to channels is really helpful so i've shifted to like my main i, I post basically 24 7 on there and then i take like what i think is like the most instagram friendly content and then put it um, on instagram yeah, and but, Telegram doesn't have the content um, like moderation policies that uh, the the Facebook and and Instagram do, right? Oh yeah, no, they're they're, they're much more loose. There is that, that's not to say that it's not content moderation. There certainly is. Um, I've known people like, for instance, uh, I don't know if you know uh, Brandon or Renegade Journal or Warpick as his page used yeah. to be, um, but he had his Telegram taken down like twice. Um, and there's it's it, and he thought it was um, at least because he believed. There's been rumors that Telegram's like moderation or not like they're, however their company is involved with like Turkey and Interpol and like some stuff and like Turkey like pressures them to remove stuff that like it talks about the YPJ, PKK, YPG sort of stuff, anything Kurdish militant involved. So he thought that that was possibly why. Um, And then I know a couple of people have had their pages removed for like excessive violence and stuff, which is why I separated all out. So I like on my main Telegram, I only post like some graphic content but not like super bad and then i have like a gore graphic page and then i forward stuff from there to my main telegram page but i kind of keep it backed up even uh, that. i but, see but yeah no i mean it's very there's i mean in terms of i mean like i've posted thousands and thousands of very graphic war videos on there and i've never gotten any problems or you know warnings or reports or anything so yeah much more loose so significantly different than uh than instagram yeah and i think the main part is just because it's voluntary right you when you yeah. you know when you open Instagram, you can get recommended people's videos. You can look at them all on their page, um, or you can like you know sort of discover people. In Telegram, there's none of that. You have to search for it to find it. You know you got to join the channel or get an invite to the channel, 
Um, it's not like really that sort of like open algorithmic feed like Instagram has. Yeah. And Instagram's just super arbitrary as, as it is anyway. I mean, you, there's certain things that, uh, there are videos and, and pictures on Instagram that are like arguably should not be anywhere on the internet and never seem to get taken down yet. You can't post, like I was nervous about posting a, uh, Holocaust remembrance oh, yeah. thing today. Cause it had pictures of people dead in it, but like historical photos, you know, and, and, oh yeah. It's just, you got to walk a line sometimes, but you don't know where the line is. Yeah, no, that is very problematic. Uh, I definitely have had that past uh, that problem in the past because I used to be a history, um, a completely history oriented page, um, and uh, so I, I used to have that a lot more common because I would focus on like as you know like uncomfortable sort of war history events, um, and I still do you know from time to time. Like I guess like uh, I've done some big posts recently about like. Uh, a couple months ago, I did like a post about the DRC and like the Belgian, you know, genocide there. And then I did a Holodomor post uh, on like Holodomor Remembrance Day. And I think for today, I'll, pro- I'll probably just, uh, I already did on Telegram. I, I basically just uh, reposted Rose Warfare's uh, bit. So I, I thought it was a good, good bit on the Dachau uh, reprisals. And then uh, I'll probably combine that with a, a video of the, <laughs> that prisoner beating the shit out of that German guard, and yeah, yeah, yeah that, that was does pretty on dope. That was fucking sick. Yeah, no, that's the I, first I, time I, I've seen I, that. I've seen it because, as I said, I, I used to be really big into history. I mean, I still am, but I used to like in high school. It was like all I consumed. It was like video games and history. That was it, pretty much. Uh, so I've, I've I remember seeing that video for a couple times, like in passing. But it's the first time I've like it's like stayed in my memory, and also I can like at you know have a platform where I can post it. That's awesome. Yeah, stuff like that is it's it's I've so backstory. My I I was raised Jewish. My dad's Jewish. Was like really big on wanting to go to Israel, and he's he's pretty hilarious in in the sense that like he's a full fledged boomer, and I love him. Like he's a great dad, but like big Trump guy, constantly says you know like, and he doesn't mean it in the way that it sounds. But he's like, if I didn't have you guys, meaning his kids, I'd be in Israel fighting the Palestinians. And I'm always like, oh my god! Like, let's not. This we're not going to open up this can to the, tonight. Like, it's <laughs> that's fun dinner table conversation. But yeah, seriously. I'm like, all right, there's there's way too much. He's to like, unpack so kids, here, I'm but... thinking about joining the IDF voluntarily. Yeah, <laughs> I don't speak Hebrew, and I am seventy something years old. But uh, I feel like they will welcome me with open arms. God, I just want to kill a poor person. But, oh my god. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's been my long, 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 oh long dream. <laughs> IDF takes them young and old. Yeah. Yeah. And I can, they don't I discriminate. Can take, I can take his name in vain because I'm Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what I was getting at was that I've seen a lot of Jewish like culture videos. I was going to call them Jewish videos, but I realized like if, if the Jews truly do own Hollywood, then, I, then I've seen them all. But um, <laughs> I, I've seen like all the classics, a bunch of like news footage because that's, he would play this stuff all the time. And I've never seen that video of the Holocaust survivor beating the shit out of the guard. Yeah. That's a new one for me. And I'm like, dude, in the, somebody's going to meme that for sure. Like, you know, somebody's got a meme brewing somewhere with that context and it's going to be absolutely hilarious somehow. But in, but seeing that for the first time today on Holocaust remembrance day, you know, stirred up a lot of emotions. And, and I feel like, uh, that that kind of stuff is is it needs to be out there like it really it, it it's really cool that f- 
me, somebody who has like grown up with stuff like that, I saw it for the first time at 32 years old, and, and there's still new stuff yeah. like coming out, new footage and all that stuff. So that was yeah, that was really it, cool I, to see. There's some really good like footage restoration going on in like the historical, like especially military community. Um, they shall not grow old by um, uh, Peter. What's his name? Very good movie. Yeah, um, the guy who did Lord of the, I don't Lord know, of the his, Rings. His last yeah, name, his last name escapes me right now. Peter um, with the beard. Jackson. Peter Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. Peter Jackson. Um, yeah, I really liked it, and, and it was like a really good. Also, like it comes kind of more like a documentary too. So they kind of like talked like how they got the background footage. Yeah. In like New Zealand or wherever it was, and um, the rest of the restoration process, and it looked really beautiful at the end, and even like the stuff that you wouldn't be able to do in the old days, like using the AI to read the lips. Dude, of, that like, blew my mind. Yeah, and they could like figure out like like the exact contents of like the letter just by like like this you know backwards figuring it out, and that and that's just like the tip of it in terms of what we can do. Like um, like a big part is just. I think like the AI will even become more helpful in when it comes to like visual stuff, because a big problem with like old footage, of course, is like missing frames or like parts of it that like the reel got damaged and they lost it. But AI can literally like predict and generate and fill in like those gaps, uh, just like the human brain fills them in when we're like watching like low FPS yeah, oh, yeah. footage. Um, so it's really impressive where it can go. I um, I saw like another footage that thing that I thought was really interesting. I saw recently. Uh, was the uh, what was it? It was oh, uh, this video that uh, was pretty crazy to think about, like how humans were treated at one point, and not even that long ago. But it was uh, from Vietnam, and it was this like lady, uh, this French lady, basically like throwing coins and little bits of bread uh, for like Vietnamese children, like they were ducks, and then just like spreading it all along. And uh, it was just crazy because it wasn't even, it was like 1920s or something, like, you know, not even that uh, past the century. And um, and I've never seen like that, like, I never, I don't think I've even like ever seen colonial footage of like Indochina or like anything before like yeah, the war periods sure. of like the 40s and the 50s when the Japanese were there. And then, you know, in, in the insurgency period after with the, the you know, NVA and, and, and uh, you know, Viet Minh. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff coming out. Like another video I saw recently, uh, which is interesting when you think about like missed experiences. So, like kind of talking about like with the the Dachau reprisal video. Like that's something that like definitely like doesn't change the like meaning or like representation of it, but like it it opens up you know like an avenue like understanding like what happened exactly and 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 uh, sort of just getting at that perspective. I saw a video of it was like early eighteen or. I think it was 1890s or like early 1900s of the Rhineland actually in Germany. And it was just like French soldiers just kicking the shit out of German civilians, uh, basically because, um, after the, um, Oh wait, no, that was, it would have been after world war one. All right. So it must've been like 1910s, 1920s, but basically just like French soldiers in the Rhineland abusing German workers. Um, which is crazy because if you think about it, like that would lead to so much of like the, this like anger in the German working class that would later, yeah. you know, like enable like the rise of not, you know, not necessarily Hitler, but at least the conservative elements that when Hitler would later than hijack. Yeah. Um, cause I, I also have been listening to a lot of historical podcasts and man, dude, the way Hitler like finessed, like that was like, it's, it was like a Stalin finesse. Like they literally just like went from being nobodies to so huge in such amount of time. And they just kind of like tricked everyone else. Like they didn't, they shouldn't well, have been in either of them in positions to 
you know, to take over. And then they just kind of took over with just yeah you know, using people's emotions. Well, sometimes starting as a nobody uh, is helpful in that in that sense. When you're so, when you've got people that are so like fed up with um, with the the status quo, sometimes just like coming out of left field uh, makes it easier to like manipulate people's uh, you know like rage and 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 outrage. Yeah, a hundred. Yeah. And um, in, in case of like Stalin, he literally was called I think the Gray Blot or the the um, the, the the Gray Blob was his like name, <laughs> or they called him uh, his wrestling like, name. Yeah, <laughs> or they called him like the the clerk man or something that was like the joke in the, in the Bolshevik party because he was just the guy who was like taking car, like taking charge of like the inventory of like um, who had what positions and like doing clerk work. But the advantage of that was he, he had basically the, the position in the party of, of assigning jobs and power. And so he just used it to his advantage to basically just get influence and clout with every single person in the party and then just use it to undermine Stalin and then or uh, undermine Lenin and then eventually just kind of take over really easily because he was basically like friends with everybody. Um, and then uh, Hitler is a, is a very different story of Hitler, but uh, <laughs> mo- 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 mostly has to do with basically how much of a uh, just like scared the German like politicians were and like just like cowardless and refusing to do anything. Yeah, like right after World like, War One, I'm like, yeah, and they were just like, it was, it was so funny. Like the the, Weim- the Weimar Republic, they were like so very spineless which i mean it's not like it totally surprising concerning the political circumstances but the fact that like there was just so much political violence and they were just like we're just gonna let it kind of figure itself out <laughs> and i'm not gonna yeah. try to improve like the material goods <laughs> yeah we're just, gonna, we're just gonna see what happens we're gonna let the police yeah, and the fascists whatever. and the communists fight it out i'm sure it will work out fine the universe will provide yeah <laughs> next thing you know da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah well, let's let's circle <laughs> to back to Ocent for a second. Um, yeah. So, so you so you you have a passion for history, and that came from before you had any sort of like professional or academic involvement in this stuff. But do you, do you have like a professional background in in Intel, or or are you? No, absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So no, you, I'm just you like, mentioned you were in college. Is that for like journalism? Yeah. Yeah. I'm in. Um. I'm just in my senior year right now. This is my last semester. This semester, I'm a I'm a history major. So, um, yeah. It, I couldn't me, tell. Yeah, no, I know. It's hard, it's hard, right? I keep it subtle. <laughs> That's um, awesome. Uh, I kind of see, there's like a good quote, and it's been like misattributed like a million times. So I don't know who actually said it, but it's that um, news is the first rough draft of history. And um, that wow, basically how we remember history and historical events is all pretty much through how news and media perceived them and then also recorded them. Jeez. Sure. That doesn't yeah. give me much hope uh, for the future. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Well, but hold on, because so um, with the the rise of OSINT analysts and, and pages like yours on social media, I feel like you guys are going to have, and this may be just be because this is who I'm paying attention to, so I'm a little biased. But I feel like it might be that, that you guys are going to have like an increasing uh, role in sort of determining like what uh, mainstream news outlets are going to be focusing on. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I think especially. Since most of the times, like they steal from us. Um, and, and, oh, do and, they? Do they? Do they pay attention oh, to what you guys are posting already? Yeah, I, I mean, it's and it's it's more the thing where like they'll steal from the big accounts, which steal from the medium sized accounts, which steal from the smaller sized accounts, and stealing can mean different things. I'm saying that like literally. Sometimes they'll give credit, sometimes they won't. It depends, you know. But I mean, I mean, I would say certainly like, I think for when I first got into it, I wasn't great at crediting. I'll, I'll admit that. Like definitely, like when because I started during Afghanistan. In the 2021 withdrawal, that's when I, I really started doing OSINT stuff. 
Um, and I wasn't great at crediting then, but also because so much of the stuff I was getting was being sent in from like followers and stuff. I was doing like that was a lot more of my collection process back then. Um, be, and then so much. I mean, there was so much Arma Three footage. My God, uh, it was insane. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that like, one it, repeated it clip crazy. of the. Uh... The jet, of, of the, yeah, the, the 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 jet getting uh, chased by the uh, yeah, I forget what it's called. Yeah, no, there there was there was Arma three footage, there was DCS footage, there was like old types of like just milsim stuff being thrown around. It was crazy. Um, but I, I mean, I, I did try to like often, like if I was from like a, ma- a major source, I tried to. But back then, I didn't really use Twitter or Telegram even for Intel collection. I was more literally just using like Instagram and like. Um, my DMs essentially it was not oh, exactly okay. the greatest collection process. Uh, I mean, it, you know, it worked because I had a lot of people from Afghanistan who were following me at that time uh, because I was someone who was posting a lot, of, like the first conflict, like the footage out. Like I, I put, you know, the footage out like with the Kabul bombings within like twenty, thirty minutes of it happening. Um, you know, like that. Like, I was like on top of it, and I gained a lot of followers because of it. Same thing when the Ukraine war started. Um, but yeah, no, uh, definitely my process has gotten. A lot better now but you know like uh when ukraine first broke out that's when i realized i really needed to get better at like citing my source so equivocally across the board i try to cite where i get a source unless my only exception is either a if it's a source that i don't trust their interpretation or their like their caption like i'll maybe say they claim you know or like they purportedly said this or this is alleged um but i might Those not credit words. the source um, because like, you know, I just don't feel like they're reliable enough or it to, to, to cite. And that often has to do with like very, like more like fringe telegram and Twitter accounts. Um, or, uh, if, uh, they've, you know, if they, if they just watermark it, because then I'm, I'm not going to put it, I'm not going to, they, you know, they already slapped a big fucking watermark on the video. I'm not going to give them more, <laughs> more publicity. They've already annoyed me enough. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's something that really pisses me off. There's a lot of like, uh, accounts uh, especially on Telegram, um, which just like taken so much footage from across the internet and then just put their god awful logos just right. I over found it. that like bombs like, world. Yeah. yeah, and I don't even I don't mind even like the watermark thing, but just put it in the corner, right? Make it transparent. Put it in the corner. Yes. Like I mean, even if someone crops it out, whatever. Like don't you don't have to make it like a bouncing across the screen. And, I was like, just gonna say the fucking bouncing ones. Yeah, it's not a DVD screensaver. Yeah, and sometimes it obscures the footage, and like half of the time, it's 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 funny because like there's a lot of time actually where it's just the units themselves. You just have like terrible like editing skills. Um, there's actually there's like one like Ukrainian special forces unit, and I've just seen them progressively get better at putting their watermarks on the video after <laughs> That's criticism. Adorable. Like first they used to be super big and blocking out the middle of the screen, and then they start moving them to the corners and making them more transparent. Um, and that was it was that was good footage because it was like the. That was like the FPV drone footage that shows like the first person view of the drone, like the Switchblade 300s from the U.S. hitting uh, targets, but they had like a Jesus. big, you know, big fuck off symbol in the middle of it, and you couldn't even see what they were hitting. <laughs> <laughs> there was uh, we were talking about it earlier, and I'm I'm like hanging it in my head like uh, so I don't forget. Um, with with all this new footage going out there and, and people clamoring to figure out whether things are valid and credible. Um, we were talking about people falling for the Arma 3 videos and AI regenerating things like in oh, a good yeah. way, like being able to help us piece together things. But do you do you ever think about what's going to happen like when AI becomes so advanced that we're able to create fake accounts of what 
could have happened and or like switch perspectives like, yeah and like believable fake believable of- footage like right now you know people say a picture is worth a thousand words and a video is significantly more than a picture people see a video and they believe it without question but like with the advent of deep fakes and and things getting more advanced um you know where, where do you see stuff like that going like how do you how could how can we how do you vet s- stuff like that yeah how are we yeah, going to be able that, to it, it's tough and i think the first thing is i think it, it kind of has to be reminded that like that's this has always been a problem like since the first motherfucker who wrote down like a parchment paper and made a claim on it like this is like the the problem of like verifying information has always been that like you kind of can't unless you see more that it's just like you find it right unless it's pres- unless it, you like you you stumble upon it it's revealed to you or you actively seek it out. Like, if you only know one side of a story, and you don't know the other side, and so you don't have a chance to, like, acknowledge it or, or look at it from a different perspective, it's kind of, I feel like the burden of responsibility is on sharing that information if you do find it, but if you can't find it, and you did seek it out, or you tried to, like, or some, you know, or you at least pay attention to what everyone said, it's, it's definitely a tough field, and this is something, like, I run into, like, even for stuff that was pre-OSINT, pre, like, verified stuff where like i've believed things and then like looked it up and you know you know anyone does that where you look it up and you like oh shit this something i thought for like five or ten years turned out to be wrong it was like an urban you know legend or something um i think something that's like i always go back to like in my opinion one of the most uh, successful like modern psyops which was by um kgb um operatives who uh bribed east german scientists to write papers about how the cia had spread you know, HIV and AIDS in Africa um, and, you know, uh, started biolabs there and distributed it to the population. And that was something by the early 2000s that like 50% of the African-American population in the United States believed. Um, and even wow. earlier in the, in, the, in the 90s, like about a decade after the, it was, it was called Operation Infection um, was the name of the PSYOP. And it was incredibly successful just because they literally paid some scientists in East Germany to write some articles and put them out there and publish some findings that were totally, you know, obviously falsified. Uh, but it, you know, people ate it up and it's still something like to this day people believe. And there's like, and then and that's just what we know about. And you think about like the millions of fucking, you know, psyops that every single country, you know, including Russia, US, China, you know, anyone, right. Any, any power, even, you know, smaller countries like North Korea or Iran or, even France or Germany or Israel, you know, I mean, sure, they got a pretty impressive intelligence and spy agency. So there definitely can be a lot of misinformation that way. And then, then you add on to the aspect of like, okay, well then, you know, then, then, then what about people who double check their sources, people who like try to verify everything, people who look it up and try to track it down. And then that's where we get to the level of like falsified image and modification, because not only does it become easy to mislead people with altered images or fake images, ones that are AI generated, but at least, you know, you're like, okay, well, maybe someone can try to figure it out or, like, look up if something's real. Um, but, you know, I think that I think that question's on, like, how many people actually do that, right? You know, how many people see a video or a photo and their first thought is, well, let me double check to make sure this is real. You might see it for some stuff, but then, like, what if, you know, it's stuff that aligns with your agenda or your bias? Yeah. So then you're not, like, as much likely to try to double check it because it, you know, confirms what you already believe. So... And, and that's something I've run into personally, I think, in every every journalist probably or news person out there. Um, yeah, and it's certainly it's certainly an interesting dilemma in that way. I think uh, I think definitely when it comes to politics and stuff, it's going to become the most influential. I think you're going to see a lot of stuff of like politicians be, like being made to say stuff or being seen in certain situations Ooh. where it will be so good that 
it doesn't even have to, you know, convince like, you know, that like you know, fifty percent of the population, or you know, all it has to do is convince like five or ten percent, sway an election, you know, sway, a, you know, a voting bill, right? You know, all you need to do is inject little bits of misinformation campaigns, and you could seriously affect entire world governments um, if it was deliberate enough um, and like you know was widespread enough. There's wild stuff like that happening right now, though. There's um, what is it? Uh, Cambridge Analytica. Uh, one of the things they got into hot water about years ago was uh, well, one of the things that came out after they got into hot water about stuff was uh, they interfered not illegally in an election down in Africa, not by actually fucking with the votes, but um, the country that hired them, the candidate that hired them. Um, wanted them to do research on how he could win in the polls. And what they found was that there was a growing sentiment of apathy among young voters, ages like 18 to 26. So what they did was they they engineered a campaign to sow apathy in voters age 18 to 26. And it was a media campaign. To just and compound it. it. Hey there, and thank you for listening to the A Better Way to a Podcast with Jordan, Andrew, and our guest, Our Wars Today. At this point, we had some technical difficulties with our guest's audio equipment, which may result in the following segment sounding a little disjointed. Just a heads up, and we appreciate your understanding. Now would be a great time to talk about our Patreon as well, where you can go and listen to the audio that Andrew and I continued to record while we were waiting for Our Wars Today to figure out his headphone situation. If you like the podcast and want to support what we're doing, our Patreon is a great way to do that. We have many tiers to choose from, and you can get a bunch of neat stuff in return, ranging from discount codes to the better way to a store to exclusive episodes that we record just for our patrons. Either way, we're super pumped to have you. We love you guys, and glad you like the show. If you do want to support the podcast, we'll have the link in the show notes, or you can go to patreon.com slash a better way to it. Now, let's return to the show. Two hours later. Our wars. Do you feel like uh, OSINT for you is gonna is just like a hobby, or is this like a, a career, a passion project, or do you feel like you might be able to monetize it, make it a job? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's what I'm trying to do right now. As I finish up college, I'm trying to figure out ways I can turn this into a proper job. So there's already a couple avenues I'm I'm working on, or already have started. I do want after college to go straight into journalism, so that's like my kind of, I'm going to end up hopefully as a freelance journalist doing articles for like Atlas News, for example, or going to different uh, locations to, you know, do on the ground reporting, and then also continuing to do my OSINT work in the background, and you know, which is, I, I would say, more of a hobby sort of thing, um, because at the end of the day, any, you know, I mean, it it does take, I say, a considerable amount of work to sometimes find footage or track it down or apply certain skills to it, but it is really a very learnable skill. Anyone can do it. I mean, you know, a, a monkey with a magnifying glass could do OSINT if you, you know, if you showed him where to look. It's just, you know, it's 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 just a lot of, like, man hours, which is the big thing. It's just you're scrolling and you're scrolling, then you find, you know, two paragraphs in a language you can't read, and then you translate <laughs> it, and then you try to figure out what those words mean and what the little you know, like uh, colloquialisms they're trying to use are and then geolocated and, you know, or, or find someone else that's already geolocated it. And then you find out like some other account with like, you know, with, like 2000 subscribers already did the work like two months ago. And you're like, well, fuck, I can just like, oh, I, I, now, now that it's already here, I can, you know, it's like, well, fuck, like, do I just credit them or do I keep doing it? You know, it's, 
So it's it's a big back and forth. Um, I do think that yeah, I, I want to continue doing it for sure in some capacity wherever I am. Like for oh, monetization yeah. right now, uh, I'm really just mostly relying on like donations, and then I also um, sell. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, you yeah, kind of yeah. you like briefly cut out like a couple times. Yeah, I, I, I saw my mic go off for a second. Um, for monetization, I mostly I yeah, just do donations and then also do a couple t-shirt sales on the side. And then I uh, I recently just got a little uh, collaboration deal with um, Krusheki, uh Supply Co. Um, go check oh, them out. Cool. Use code RWARS today too for five percent off your Milserp. Hell yeah! And do you have like a Sick. Patreon? I gotta start yeah, doing but, that, doing like promo deals and stuff like that. Yeah, you do, fucker. Yeah, Slacking. it's good. The uh, the affiliate. I I I've been buying Milserp since I was like in middle school. So I was like, all right, well, this is something I can at least like be like I know somewhat of this yeah like you're part of kind of thing yeah part of the, part so of the how community. does that do you get like five percent of that like do you get yeah. that five percent is that part of how do you how do you monetize i i actually get a uh i get a, a larger affiliate cut um like i That's think cool. it's like close to ten percent or something yeah you know it's it's nice um and uh people say five percent you know and they get a little discount code and i get a little money and it's nice too I, because i i mean like I, I try not to intentionally, like, I intentionally try not to, like, paywall my content or do anything like that. I, if I yeah. make, like, more in-person content or stuff I think is worth paying for, that's definitely, like, something I might explore in the future, like a Patreon. But right now, I just have a Ko-Fi that's just, like, optional, you know? I don't I don't really think anything I'm doing is, yeah. is super exceptional to the fact that someone couldn't find it somewhere else perfectly capable. I just, like, sharing information and what I think is important, but... I'm not making anything or, or editing anything to a point where I'm like, all right, this is someone should pay for this. Yeah, sure. There's um, I, I think it's uh, I think it's really cool. Like I would love to, if I was going to buy something that I was going to buy anyway, uh, get a discount code and be helping out a, like a, like a page or a person that I, that I care about and, and enjoy their stuff anyway. Like that's, that's a win-win for me. So I feel like, um, you know, if there are ways that you can you can you know make some cashola on the side from that through things like promo codes and I mean even Patreon stuff, dude. Like I I personally like contributing to to Patreon pages. Um, we contribute to a few as as a podcast, and um, it's just like you know that money's going where it needs to go, and you know there's I, I get um what do I get in my mail? It's uh, the new paper every day. It's like um. They they take unsensationalized headlines and give you like the daily stories for the day that way. And I like it because it's exactly that. It's unsensationalized. It's like one of the only places that I feel like I can get it right at the tip of my fingers without looking for it. And I feel like this isn't me telling you how to run your business by any means, but <laughs> I feel like there's definitely a market for, for stuff like what you do there because uh, people who are super into this stuff want updates constantly and a lot of times instagram is as as easy as is as it is to go to your page you know sometimes like you said it gets kind of lost in the sauce and if you get it in your inbox it's it's uh, you know it's there and and you can watch it or read it at your uh at your at your pleasure really all right and we are back with more technical difficulties but we appreciate your patience and understanding while we try to get our lives together we promise this is the last time. Two hours later. That's right. Look at this. Can you guys, uh, can you guys hear me? 
Yes, yeah, sir. Oh, yeah, we can hear you, bud. All right, good quality. I just switched to my phone. Silky yeah, smooth. Yeah, it's, it's it's good. It's decent. Yeah, I was my computer was I, it literally just froze. Uh, Man, like Google Chrome, and I couldn't even like I it would so bad it wouldn't let me Alt F4 or Control Alt Tab, so, so I just turned my entire wow. computer off <laughs> and just installed the app. This was this happened to us with uh, Jake Aran. Uh, we we were trying to interview him, and we we're having a pretty decent conversation. And it was just the technical problems and his connection, and then his like it was laptop so hard to get a flow died. going. Yeah, yours isn't bad. Like to be fair, yours yours cuts yeah. out and like it. His was like constant, consistent. Yeah, it, like through no and fault then, of his own, but yours at least it's like you get a warning. It's like ah, okay, okay, something's yeah. wrong, and then ten seconds later, it's gone completely. There isn't just like forty five minutes of unusable audio. Yeah, and then <laughs> so that helps. It was like let's start this over sometime, and we still haven't. He's been it. busy. He's had a lot going on. Yeah. I just look at the page and I'm like, it's it's blown up. It's like Nuts. it's busy every day, so I assume he's busy. I don't take it personally, yeah. Jake, if you're listening. We hear yeah, we love you yeah, here for you. We're not I, going I, anywhere. I, if I'm not wrong, I think he's probably more in the field sort of stuff. I think yeah. that part of the delegation of the page goes to people who work for Popular Front. Um that like that that was my understanding to some degree, and then he does more of the because you know, at this, I think when the page first started off, I think he had like complete control over it. But as obviously, like they've moved into like a proper, you know, docu series sort of focused um, content. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think he's more more in the ground reporting, and then also like video editing. I think that's more of his purview. Uh, so he's definitely that's very time consuming process. Both those things. Yeah, I also like. I just try to make it a habit of not assuming people are ignoring me. <laughs> like yeah. there's yeah. everyone's got their own shit going on and like uh that's It'll why drive I, you nuts if you just if you if oh, you yeah. just go down if you're just road. paranoid all the time and think whenever you can't get a hold of somebody they're ghosting you uh, there are yeah, people no, like that out there no, that that's the thing i'm like i am so far removed from i uh, see I, I feel bad because i think a lot of people might have that assumption about me but the reality is i like i just there's so much for me to like managed by myself it's, it's it's hard for me to physically get back to my friends and family sometimes oh yeah <laughs> so it's like instagram dms are like at the bottom of my like priority list but i get oh, yeah. so fucking many and i feel bad because like when i started my account i used to make like a really like a hard effort to respond to every single like message dude Even you have the ones that were like you have one hundred and thirty thousand followers <laughs> on your main page and not, you have five pages it's not doable anymore. It really isn't. That's, I don't. No. I haven't even. I I haven't checked my DMs in a, in a good couple of months now. I'm There's no lie. way you're getting I, back to all those people while you take a poop. Well, that well, that's the thing. But like when I my account was smaller, I like literally would re, I would respond to everything. Um, and it wasn't even that much. I think I think people like I don't know the proportion of com or DMs versus followers to me has been always very small in terms of like I think maybe if if I was like a different type of page or like. I posted more of the controversial content that I used to because I used to actually like kind of like want to get a rise out of people sometimes. So I'd post things just to get more reactions or more like comment or more DMs so I could argue with people <laughs> when I was in high school. Um, that was big for me. Uh, so I grew, <laughs> so I, 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 t- I grinded my yeah. internet argument skills were in the Instagram DMs. Yeah. Um, bring bring you joy. Like, oh yeah. And the old fucking, the political compass communities that were, Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> um, I still base my entire personality based on where I land on that on that oh, uh, yeah. scale. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, 
And I've noticed uh, recently you, you, you've gotten your hands on some, some footage like filmed by Russians in Ukraine. And I notice a, a trend every time you post anything that's like filmed by a Russian or that like shows things not going well in that moment for the Ukrainians, you'll get people commenting on your on your shit like, you know, well, this is just Russian propaganda. What are you, a yeah. pro-Russian account? It, yeah, it's, it's really it's weird. Really, it's, it's, yeah, it's very frustrating. And I think it's because people – well, first off, I think a lot of people follow my account and then see you – know, the algorithm works on what you want to see, right? So even if you follow an account that, say, posts half Ukrainian, half Russian footage, if you're more of a Russian social media user, that's what the algorithm determines that you are. You're going to see more Russian posts. Or if you're more of a Ukrainian you know, algorithm, you're going to that's, that's – It's granular so people, enough to, to make that distinction? Oh, uh, oh 100%. Between... I mean, so I, I've actually been learning about this a lot in some of my media uh, classes here. Like, for instance, like it's all based on emotion – and like uh, like allegiance, and I mean every single you know search algorithm and social media thing builds a profile of who you are, and then gives you content provided on that. So if you and I were to search the same thing on Google Images, we would get different results. For instance, That's based wild. on our our profiles, um, and the same thing goes for social media. So you're going to see more things which align for you. Which obviously you know it's because yeah it's like half you know a because of the content you follow. But even within that, there's further algorithms. Okay. Um, okay. That determine like your makeup, and a, a big thing about that is how you react. So if you like it, if you comment it, if you engage with it, the reason Facebook added different emoji reactions to posts was not so that people could see whether people were happy or angry or sad. And so Facebook was able to sell to advertisers whether a you know a post made people happy or angry or sad. Oh, this makes me livid, so much but I sense. I don't know why I didn't assume this. Yeah, I mean, I mean, when you think about it, you're like, oh, that it makes perfect sense. But at the moment, because that's the thing, that thing disguise it between they disguise it behind this like social. Oh, you can express more emotions and tell your family how you feel about things on Facebook. Meanwhile, they're like fucking rolling in profits from the advertisers. Yeah, because now they can build like psychological profiles on how different products make you feel. Um, so that I mean. For me, like when people act that way, I see it as just a result of, of you know, usually something that has to do with that, where like they don't, you know, they're there's someone who only watches Russian content or someone who only watches Ukrainian content, or that you know, that's just what their, their, you know, their 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 beliefs are, or that's what they, you what know, the algorithm is showing behind. Them. Right, and then, I, but it does it does really frustrate me, which is often like those are the comments I respond to <laughs> usually when people like I, I don't I don't mind if someone says like I hate Russians or I hate Ukrainians. Like, yeah, I mean, I think the generalization statements like that about groups of people are are just in totally, you know, like incomprehensible because that's not how it, reality works. But I'm not going to like respond to it and be like, no, you're wrong, because it's like that's not someone you can logic or reason yeah. with. And, there's, and I, I get a million comments like that a day. I, I, but if someone's like coming after my journalistic integrity, on the other hand, if someone's like, oh, you're posting this video of a Russian tank blowing up a Ukrainian platoon. So you're obviously a propagandist for Putin. I'm like, do you not right. see the 20 videos I posted yesterday of Russian troops getting blown away in a trench by Ukrainian? You know, it's like, I feel like people get so caught up in like uh, how the video affects them personally. Like their, their, their base emotion reaction. They're like, that must be the fault of the person who posted it, which, you know, I think it's just a really dumb way to go about things, but I it understand is. there are a lot of people on online who are like either older or not that accustomed to the internet or just very, you know, stubborn in their mindset. Um, right. So 
I should say, do you, do you feel like there is a risk though of uh, of like inadvertently sharing like propaganda videos in in this in this rush to like get out uh, firsthand footage? Oh, a hundred percent. And we saw that during the beginning of the war with all the false flags that Russia was making. I mean, there was at least a good five or ten videos that were completely falsified by Russia, which they released within like the first like the week before the invasion and like within the first two weeks after and they were like filmed literally in russia and they showed like false combat scenes um and the people like geolocated them and like even found like metadata which showed they'd been recorded beforehand um like for instance or another thing was like all of putin's speeches i don't know something people don't really know but were all recorded beforehand um even the ones he released like a week into the invasion the metadata old show they've been recorded before february 24th so there was a, like there was a lot of this sort of stuff which with people were kind of pushing out very quickly, claiming to show the first combat of the war, like a Ukrainian battalion gets destroyed. And it was like filmed in like far Donetsk, like way behind Russian lines, like like seven hundred kilometers behind Russian lines, kind of thing. That's crazy. You know, like, That's right. wild. You're like yeah. oh wow, I can't believe the Ukrainians got all the way back there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're so sneaky. Uh, but no, I mean that's why, and that's why I'm very careful. Often, at least I try to be with the language. Uh, so I, 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 as I said before, I use stuff like claimed, purportedly, allegedly, reportedly, as reported by, as said by. So I, I leave it not open to interpretation, but at least like plausible. Like there's, this is not the definite like set of circumstances that occurred here. Yeah. And if, and I always try to like at least parse the comments to see because I have before in, in the past posted stuff which has been old footage, which is just like you know I've never seen before. So if I'd never seen it before. And, you know, I don't know it's old footage. That's just something I'm going to have to learn, which is, I think, a lot of it what this comes down to. I mean, you know, if you ask most people, look at this footage of, a, you know, Afghanistan, this footage of Arma 3, can you tell the difference? To someone who doesn't know anything about military, they might not, you know. And the same thing goes for looking at a video and saying, well, is this from Syria in 2022 or is this from Syria in 2015? <laughs> Those videos look very similar sometimes. Um, or is this a video of an Israeli kid you know, getting shot in 2022, or is this video of Israeli kid getting shot in 2017? You know, again, these like, you know, it's like these yeah. things can repeat. And especially like the videos that are more viral or more sensational, they get passed around more and more. And you see them like every year, they'll pop up again. Like there's like two or three videos of like Middle Eastern dudes shooting tracers in the darkness. And like every single time a conflict in the Middle East happens, the video starts fucking circulating online. And it, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like it's like it's these things where it's like they always show up, and it's like, it, and, it, and then and at that point you're like, oh okay. But then if it's a more obscure video, like right, if it's a video that only like a thousand people have seen, and then you know it's from a couple of years ago, and then it's someone reposts it and labels it as a new footage, you know, obviously it's a little hard to discern because even with a a reverse image image search, it could you know most likely not come up. So at that point, I often try to like. Uh, obviously, you cross-examine, you know, just use different news sources and see what they're saying, legitimate ones, wait for local sources to confirm it, or, um, you know, just rely on what people in the comments say sometimes, because there is a lot of, like, helpful feedback. As much as there is, like, toxicity and cancer in the comments, there is a lot of, like, good constructive criticism sometimes, or corrections, or just, like, information about yeah. the topic I didn't know. So, it goes both ways. It's, you know, definitely a, a double-sided uh, blade. Believe it or not, there are some people on the internet who actually care. Yeah, it's hard to believe sometimes. Yeah, sometimes, rarely, but but uh, but it does happen. No, I feel like uh, I feel like it's just um, I don't know. I feel I feel like the the negative people with negativity are just more vocal. 
Yeah, I agree. It's you know what it is. Oh, yeah. I think people who are negative just feel the need to express themselves more often because they're less content. And it's almost like if like if you have a if you have a headache, you're pissed at everybody else for having fun and laughing because it's making your headache <laughs> yeah. worse. No, I think that is. I think it's and it's also like a lot of sort of wanting other people to be unhappy. So like in, in, intentionally looking for yeah. people who are like having fun or just like living their life and then like I have to inject myself into this somehow because I'm unhappy. So you have to be unhappy too. Yeah. And they're just yeah, like, and they definitely. write like, fuck you, you know, something in the comments. And, um, yeah, which is, you know, I mean like, that's also something where I'm like, uh, you know, I don't mind. Like I don't usually do much con comment moderation. Honestly, I think compared to what I probably could do. And most of that comes from just like fatigue. I did it for so many, you know, for so many years I tried to stem the tide of like, mean comments <laughs> it just doesn't work right like i mean you know I, and so right now i just focus if i'm gonna moderate comments or block them i just go for ones or like anything that's like straight like slurs or like just you know bigotry or like hate speech or that sort of stuff that that stuff I'll, I'll clean up um but in general just sort of like mean stuff i'll usually just sort of let sitting and honestly the comments kind of like at, at this point i have enough followers where it's kind of like they self-moderate in their own ways a lot of times yeah like if, if someone's being a piece of shit, like usually people respond to them and call them out and ratio them, which is pretty funny to watch. It's, it's kind of like it's almost like it's own like uh, like microcosm, like, bi- like biosphere of like little organisms interacting with each other. It's fun to watch. <laughs> sometimes I just sometimes when I'm bored, I'll just like literally just read my chat logs and Telegram. Like oh, this is what interesting. Um, which is like an incomprehensible argument between two people from different different languages. It's trying to speak yeah. English. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um and. Uh, but no, I definitely, uh, I definitely try to take it in stride as well. You know, I think I, I think I realize a lot of people are just also like growing up gaming and just being in like the most toxic parts of the internet. Like, as in oh my god, high school, oh my god, also, yes. like, pre- prepared me like heavily for this. So like, you know, I, I, I survived like Teamspeak and Discord and Skype and you know all the fucking game lobbies like. Instagram comment section, Telegram comment sections are hardly going to shock me now. You know, I, I was on Live Leak all throughout eighth, ninth, and tenth grade. Like, <laughs> nothing oh, you're going to yeah. send me in, in the in the in the chat is going to really shock me. Yeah, so, some of us have been very thoroughly desensitized uh, to that kind of stuff. How old are you? Uh, like, like age range? You don't have to give the actual age. I'm if you don't 21. Want to. What was that? 21. Okay, I was going to say early early 20s, just based on you being in college, but. Uh, I thought maybe like you went back to school or something like that, but yeah, the the golden age of the internet. Like I remember playing Xbox One, uh, like Rainbow Six Black Arrow, and with open lobbies oh, yeah. and things like that. And Completely it was just, unmoderated. Oh like, my just god! Like, it was that, that honestly though, like that kind of nostalgia. I don't know how that ended up being in that part of my brain, but but that is in a happy part of my brain yeah. for some reason, and just the vile things these people would say about my mom. <laughs> Just truly <laughs> horrific. Just truly horrific interactions yeah. with the worst kinds of people. I, but that I was like the worst. Know. The worst I can remember was definitely because I because I, I was a PC gamer, so I didn't grow up as many like the oh, yeah. console game lobbies. So I had to like because you know I, I grew up a lot of Minecraft. There wasn't a lot of like Mike spamming in Minecraft, you know. Um, <laughs> but uh, Gary's mod, Gary's mod, and yeah. definitely just like in general, yeah, yeah. Just different Teamspeak and like Skype channels. Back when that was like where all of gaming was instead of Discord, yeah, it would it would get really bad, and oh man, 
Yeah, just I just 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 some just some interesting memories of, of of those days. Yeah, I think that was one of my first memories of feeling like an old person when I I bought the new Halo when it came out and playing multiplayer. I was like, oh man, this is gonna be. I got a bag of Doritos. I got some some uh, some Mountain Dew Code Red, and uh, sat down and I was getting ready to trash talk. And I didn't have the Mountain Dew Code Red, unfortunately, but I definitely had the <laughs> chips and some other type of soda. Um, I was, I getting was ready uh... to. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just getting ready to bring out the trash talk, and nobody was in the lobby. Like, nobody was talking to each other. Nobody on my oh, team. Oh, no. Either, like, just they you. do parties now, and they just talk to their friends. Nobody wants to talk to people they don't know anymore. And it's it's like, oh, man, this is this is my childhood dying right here. Yeah. In the least traumatizing way possible. Like, I'm so well, fortunate that that's how my childhood <laughs> died and not yeah. like, something so much worse. Like, oh, they're all nice to each other now. Ugh. Yeah, Halo died down definitely in that regard. I remember uh, when Overwatch first came out, it was pretty toxic um, because they didn't like Blizzard wasn't doing any content moderation. People and it's Overwatch, so it's like people get super salty. Uh, and yeah. uh, but I think Modern, Modern Warfare still has that like they still kind of it's got that grit. I I, I was oh, playing yeah. Modern Warfare recently and I got cussed out pretty bad. Uh, I was like, <laughs> oh, this brings me back. <laughs> Yeah, I was I played uh, Counter Strike and Day of Defeat, and I was in clans. Um, oh yeah, no, CSGO, we were that, we were tryharding. Like, no, not CS:GO, man. Counter Strike one point six oh, and Counter Strike Source. Yes, yes, yeah. So we uh, we we would try hard like big time, and so we would get we would get real salty with each other with other teams. Um, Push B, you motherfucker! Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, stupid oh, yeah. fuck! <laughs> Waste of fucking human life. <laughs> see you on Wednesday, but and they're practice. like, okay, yeah, see you tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> it will be at the same time. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Um. Bringing it back to the um, to the comment stuff. Oh um, yeah, the oh the show the show that we're doing the recording we're doing <laughs> the topic yeah. at hand. Yes, of uh, course. No, I was just I was trying to uh, connect it because I was like, where were you come from with this? Um, Welcome to my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think approximately after, probably after Afghanistan, like really when I got into OSIN was when I stopped responding to like the DMs as much. I kind of had to like more delegate and compartmentalize like that sort of from my like personal works or, you know, personal life sort of stuff. Um, because honestly, it just becomes so overwhelming. Like it's one of those, I think it's like par- paradoxical choice, whatever the thing Netflix has where there's too many options and you get fucking like stressed out, and you're like, "All right, I'm just gonna go to sleep now." Uh, I can't analysis finish. paralysis. Yeah. yeah, analysis. And um, and I feel like that's how it was in my DMs. Like, I I just open it. I'm like, there's like four thousand unread messages here. I'm not gonna Close open a single one of them. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm not even reading one chat. Like, I might look at because <laughs> I, I, I might look at my primary chat room, but I'm definitely not going to the general or the requests. Dude, I totally fucked up that option and and our messages like uh, the primary and the general things. People that I've never spoken to before go right into the primary for some reason, and <laughs> people that I speak to all the time are still in the general, and vice versa. <laughs> like it's a mix; it's not organized at all. And I'm, I just have not taken the time. I want Instagram to have a delete all messages button because there was a while where I was trying to keep up with it and delete messages. After a while, just because it it clogged my brain, like it was like it was. There's there's no memory limit on Instagram. Like it doesn't say like, hey, you have a terabyte of information storage or anything like that. But for some reason in my head, I was like, I need to delete these messages, and you have to go through each one individually, and it's so frustrating. But that uh, yeah, it's yeah. not it's not it's not 
streamlined at all, definitely. And and also if if you get like too many messages, it just breaks at like at some point. Like the like the whole like sorting unread like uh, requests. Like there's supposed to be like oh, yeah. a way you can sort it by like how many followers people have or if people are like verified or not. But if you oh, get cool. like uh, if you get like more than like a couple hundred messages, I think it literally just like breaks the entire thing. And it's just like not at all like, sorted correctly. Also, that's something that annoys me. There's like this whole process of like verified accounts, and like they have a, a definitely a special place in the platform with how they're promoted over normal accounts. But I can't even like search to see what I I only found out that Gordon Ramsay followed me because someone told me. You know, like 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 that's the sort of thing. Like I what? Gordon Ramsay had been following me for months. And I only figured out it after. I'm pretty sure he still does. I can double check. Uh, but like the That's only cool. reason I could, only reason I figured it out was because someone DM me. I was like, "Hey, this is crazy. Gordon Ramsay's following you." Um, yeah, I don't know if it's actually him or the guy who runs his account, of course. But um, you know, it was still pretty cool to be on that list. But like, and I found other. I like it was like a, a Miami Seahawks player or something that followed me. Uh, there's like you know other sports guys, like some golf guys, some Olympians. But I never, you know, I, I literally had to scroll through my follower list, which is insane. It's like a, 130,000 followers. It's like, there's no way to do that. Like, I would literally just, like, scroll through for a couple of minutes, see a blue check mark, be like, hey, thanks for following. And then I would just kind of, like, scroll for a couple of minutes. Cool. I was just kind of doing it when I was bored because I was like, well, do I have verified followers? And I was like, oh, I do. But there's no way for me to look at them, which I feel like is a disadvantage because I feel like that's, like, if I'm going to message someone, it's probably going to be someone I can get to share my platform you know um, or at least just have that opportunity because i feel like why have verified accounts if you can't like, even really like see that they're, they're they're engaging with you in any way yeah absolutely there should be some kind of privilege to be verified and i feel like that would be for pages to see you first yeah i mean if anything that should be um a way to be to figure out i mean but i mean that's that's the the bottom of the iceberg of the problems that instagram has yeah. or the tip of the iceberg i mean there's Oh my god! So, and then they, I don't think they're committed to solving any of it. So, <laughs> well, no, I mean, if they're not incentivized, no. Like, if it, if it's not going to to help them make more money off of like advertisers, it doesn't like matter to them. U- usability is secondary to to Instagram's uh, like core mission. Yeah, and it's too bad because um, I would say there was there was a point in time when they, like it was like the technical features were becoming like more impressive. And it definitely, if yeah. they hadn't like cracked down so much on like content, map, like that is like the only problem I would say I have like mainly with Instagram. The thing that like day to day plagues me is just community guideline violations. You know, I mean that's just that's really that it all it comes down to every single one of my problems with Instagram has always come down to having a post or a story be removed by them, and then my account gets shadow banned, and then my account gets removed, and then I have to make a backup account, and then I have to petition instagram for three weeks to restore my account that got banned you know so for, my for main account, nothing other than just sharing sharing news right like I mean, yeah or, or just fuck? history like historical stuff can take in like as you know as he said about like the, the germany stuff you're worried about posting that like you get it taken down so easily when it's like this is just fucking history meanwhile there's accounts out there that like literally post like adolf hitler like fanfic and they're like staying up like fine you know like after they've gotten reported they 10 times the code man yeah, I know. It, it, it's crazy. It's Or like the, I mean, the, obviously the funny way you can get around it now is just by posting a, any picture with Mark Zuckerberg's face on it included and, and, it, and it won't get removed by the algorithm apparently. Is that really? true? Holy shit. Yeah, that's like, 
that that's what uh, Atlas has done on some of his uh, posts to get around it, where you literally just <laughs> take take Mark Zuckerberg's face and superimpose it, and then the algorithm won't take Wait, it down. What? Like it has to be visible. It's not something that's like yeah, no, like by... it's like you like it's like you put it over a Taliban flag or something, and then the post won't be taken down or something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so it ends so up being good. a Mark Zuckerberg Taliban flag, which is arguably oh, yeah. more offensive. But that, yeah, there, there was a there, there was a good period of time during Afghanistan where I think Atlas was just exclusively doing that. Um, wow. Yeah, I mean, my, my main Little account was I taken know. down six or seven times during like the whole, like from July to like December, basically exclusively for Afghanistan content. It was either because of Taliban or ISIS. And then the, whatever, like the seventh or eighth time was the final nail in the coffin uh, in January of last year. And my main account was gone forever. So there's there's probably a line, right, between like war footage and war porn. But it seems like Instagram is is really way off the way off of the division line here. And yeah. I, I would say it doesn't even have to do with like the intention of the content. It really has to do with, um, like, the algorithm is the first thing, right? Like, is it automatically picked up or not? Which, yeah, some things, like, I, I, I've had posts where it won't even up, be uploaded, and it's, like, insta-removed. Like, you know, you'll see the bar fill up at the top of the screen yeah. as it's uploading, and then it gets the end, and then it instantly, I get a community guideline strike. Oh, Nothing, right. Like, so, like, it's literally, it's just, like, an automated, it's, how like, is that AI possible? Is like, like, dude, a I, I know it's absurd. didn't even I, see it. I know. I'm like, what the like, and I, I had the fucking, I one of my accounts like super restricted, uh, because I posted like recently posted, uh, like a, like a a good year after it happened that video that Iran made where it was like a CGI drone strike on Trump's golf course, and it was like <laughs> I missed those. Funny, it's it, it's it's the most like cartoonish video ever. Like it's so obviously like. Like like exaggerated and f- like they have like a little like spy bot like roll into the golf course and then pinpoint like a drone strike from like a, somehow like a, a suicide drone which has appeared over American airspace. <laughs> it's the it's the most humorous shit ever. It was because you know it's getting back for like Salamani, right? It was like a Salamani like revenge video. Um, that reminds me of but- the like eighth grade girl who like scribbles in her diary after after her best friend steals her boyfriend <laughs> yeah. type thing like yeah, i'm just gonna just... rage into this like into this medium here and nothing's gonna change but uh it's yeah. it's gonna go around the world and tell yeah. people how I, mad I, I am yeah i do scribbles over your faces i'm um, mad <laughs> yeah that's like <laughs> oh, crossing out in the yearbook uh, <laughs> as no, i apply and, a and lipstick <laughs> but like it, it, you know, it instantly was removed, and sure. uh, it like that that like shadow banned my main account like greatly for like at least three or four weeks. Um, I was really suppressed after that, and you know, I didn't even get a chance. Like, you can't appeal it. You can only appeal like one out of very few cases, and then it like it's not even a proper appeal. It gets sent to this thing called the Oversight Board. I don't know if you guys have ever done that for your page, but it's like this bullshit like third party group. But they never look at any of the cases they, they get presented, so it's it's like literally not even worth doing. They like make you write like a half a paragraph, and they're like, "Okay, we'll process it." And then like a week later, they're like, "Sorry, it's been denied. Thank you. Have a good one." Um, so it's it's there's not even a real appeal process that you can get yeah. a human to look at it for. And then again, uh, out of I've talked to verified accounts, and I've heard the same thing honestly. But that there's just there's no way to get in contact with Instagram unless you like are rich. And have like a manager or something who knows someone on Instagram, or like you have a personal connection, 
there is literally no way to talk to a human on the other end. Um, and it's really frustrating. Like I, I've, and I've had verified people tell me the same thing where there's just, there's no communication pathway. So you're really fucked if you have a problem. I think it just proves that Instagram's not run by humans. Yeah, no, it's it's all Mark Zuckerberg and it's his all fucking, bots. Yeah, his, his nanobot army. You know, and it's it's I don't even know if it's that the they're not run by humans, but they're it's it's a trend I've seen in a lot of 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 companies. They're they're trying to put a wall between themselves and their consu- their customers. Um, and there, there's like a whole there's a whole industry where you can like hire consultants and they come to your company and they're like, here's how you build a phone system. Uh, that uh, makes people so frustrated they hang up before they ever get to a human, right? Like, uh-huh. here's how you build a phone system that gives all of the options that are legally required of a phone system without ever having to, like, connect to a human being. You know, and, and they just, they you know, they, they they have these little, like, hey, chat with us with if you need help, but it's just a bot, you know, um, and just everything. Uh, I hate like those automated. ones that pretend to be real. And they just, like, a bot that spits back, like, finds you. And then if yeah. you're like me, you just scream at it, and it's like, I can help you more than you think. Please try and ask your question. And I'm just Please screaming, nice. customer service representative, into the phone as loud as I can. Repeat more clearly. To get, yeah. to, get you to, to, to get you where you need to go faster, please tell me the nature of your of your. Please listen, fucking... as our menu options have recently changed. Bitch, your God. menu options have been the same since 1993. Murder, 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 murder. <laughs> I don't know why that reminded me of, uh, I read about this, like, these phone scams that are being done in India, because uh, I don't know if you guys know who Jim Browning is, but he's like this guy on YouTube who, like, trolls uh, yes. phone scammers. Sounds really content. And uh, like, they have, like, these, like, the qualifying check is like usually if they call someone and they find out they're under 45, they'll just hang up the conversation because they don't think they can trick them or they don't think it's worth trying to trick them. <laughs> they'll, they'll like, they're like, if they find out someone is literally under 45, they're like, eh, they're probably smart enough. They won't fall for this. We're just yeah. going to go for the old people. <laughs> you got to it like, I'm old. You know, hey there, Sonny. You don't have to overdo it like that. Would though. you would you like my social security number? <laughs> I uh exactly. yeah. oh never mind. Sorry, if there's any old people listening to this, um That's not how you sound to us. You do wear hearing aids. I do wear hearing aids, that's right. <laughs> I, you know, when I remember to. Yeah. I'll be I'll be I'll just go through like half my day, I'll be like, why can't I fucking hear anything? Oh, that's right. <laughs> uh, I left my ears on mute again. Yeah. Yeah, Oopsies. that's got to be nice, though. I, I work with somebody who has Bluetooth hearing aids, and uh, she has a stethoscope that syncs to them. So she a can stethoscope. listen. Yeah, she has an electronic stethoscope, so she can listen to people's just, heart rate without... I just uh, imagine someone, like, uh, <laughs> just, like, hacking into their, <laughs> their hearing aids. Like yeah. blasting some music or something. <laughs> so she can listen to music also. She can pair them to her phone and she listens to music like they're headphones. She can answer phone imagine, calls and everything. Imagine going deaf and needing hearing aids and then blasting fucking music in <laughs> your eardrums all day. If it's anything like my grandma watches her TV and we can hear it in the hallway leading up to our apartment, I can only imagine <laughs> the shit that they'd be listening to with their hearing aids on just walking around town. Probably not walking, let's be honest, but like moving around, you know. 
slowly dragging themselves on the ground. Yeah, just, just all right, man. Like we went from zero to ten right there. Way to go! Way to take it! Way to take it off the charts, man. <laughs> fucking fully prone, just slowly <laughs> like slug, just leaving a trail of goo behind them, yeah, getting ready to melt residue. back into the floor. Yeah. Go back from whence they came. That's where we come from. This is worse than when we made fun of Italians. their fingers and. Tips of their fingers and uh, feet are slowly turning into ash and dust. Oh, as they oh, all right, that's not where I thought you were going with that. Pavement. That's better. <laughs> Never had such a weak stomach recently, and I thought you were going somewhere else with that. Like I thought you were just going to make some <laughs> connection where their toes and their f- fingers were going to be like turning to mush or whatever. I don't know why. And I, I got, I got nauseous as you were saying, that. <laughs> and I'm never used to be like that. So I literally yeah, I like put Vicks toes? Vapor Rub on my mustache when I changed my daughter's poopy diaper. Oh, he's got the poop fear. Dude, it's not a fear, and it's never happened before. It happened when <laughs> my wife got pregnant, and it's never gone away. And It's the it's embarrassing, and it's terrible. Like, I, I have a video that I took recently of me changing her diaper because I had to show somebody who I was ta- having this conversation with who didn't believe me. And I start gagging so violently. I shut the camera off at this point, but... <laughs> I'm I'm like gagging and I'm like oh it's okay it's not your fault it's not, I love you like I'm making faces and stuff making myself sound like an idiot and I'm gagging so hard that she starts crying and <laughs> it's so sad because I can't help it I've ran into the bathroom multiple times before and she starts doing this thing it's this it's like the saddest build up she just doesn't just look at you and cry she starts making this comically sad face like a cartoon upside down frown like like a frowny face and just goes and then starts wailing like it's like it scares her and then she gets and then she starts crying and i'm like this is my fault i'm traumatizing my kid right now by trying not to throw up on them which is their fault but like it's it's oh man it's it's been rough not for that i have um i don't have like a particularly like weak constitution or stomach but i i do often find myself like feeling nauseous and it's usually for like the not like the the reasons I think that like usually like induce nausea. Like, I mean, I, I think uh, there's nothing really I could see which would fuck me up, but definitely like something smelling like I, like I have a really big aversion to just like rotting sort of trash smell, which I mean, I think that's, you know, everyone doesn't like that smell, I but like something that. really about like decomposing, like rotting stuff hits me hard. Um, I wouldn't say uh, like, yeah, probably like a decomposing, like a meat smell is, is not, Great for me. Um, it's when not also, on I your just, top I, ten favorite things to smell. Yeah, it's not yeah. ideal. Yeah, it's, it's not, not my favorite thing to sniff in the morning. Um, usually, like my, I usually I'm just nauseous or gagging because like I've just not eaten the entire day, um, or I had alcohol the night before and I had no food in my stomach, and then just smoked a bunch and then eaten, <laughs> didn't eat anything for like twelve that'll hours. Do it. Yeah, that'll do yeah, it. That'll, that'll certainly. Um. <laughs> All right, I'm I'm uh I'm taking a hard hard turn back onto the topic because this is we we can talk and this isn't anything this is <laughs> like because, smells. So let's just go down the list of our least favorite smells for the next two hours. Yeah, <laughs> trash is up there. Trash is definitely up there. You know what is awful? Gross decomposing meat mixed with poopy and pee diapers. And then when you go to pull the trash bag out of the trash can and you squeeze the strings oh, shut no. and it blows air directly up oh, into your face. It just blasts the air right <laughs> into <laughs> your mouth. <laughs> only once. Only <laughs> once. And I swear to God, I saw Jesus. 
It was fucking miserable. I was it's like, not well, your time, oh, Jordan. No. Return to your body. <laughs> go back. Go back. Don't You've go got to take out the trash for your family. My wife saw me do it too, and she was standing on the other side of the kitchen, and she saw my face just kind of go like. And <laughs> she's like, I bet that smelled great. And I was like, thanks. Thanks, honey. I really appreciate that. It was oh, awful. Yeah. Okay, so you were trying to get us back on topic. Yes. Um, so you were saying before that you have uh, – I tried using Telegram once, and it's I'm, I'm just – it's one of those things that – it's like my grandmother's never going to buy an iPhone. I'm, I'm probably never going to get on Telegram. Yeah, I feel, uh, I feel that way very deeply. <laughs> I I think I feel like it should be easy to use. I just cannot figure it out because I feel like I've just my the elasticity of my brain is no longer there. I don't know what it is. That's it, how I feel. I feel old, but um, yeah, it, well, it's, it's definitely like a a very like you kind of it's not incredibly self intuitive off the top, which is also why I have a modded uh, like app as well. Like, I don't even have the one straight off the Play Store because also that one like limits what channels you can see a lot. So you if you want to use Telegram, I'd also anyone listening. Definitely go for one of the ones you can download, like uh, an APK for and install yourself if you have a, a Android, um, because the ones in the, the Play Store and Apple Store will restrict a lot of content that you can see. But yeah, sorry, continue with what you were gonna say. Yeah, no, that's I, that's a whole different thing to me. I've I have an iPhone and I used to have to download these crazy things to jailbreak them and download cool apps like that, which I don't even think you could do anymore. But. Um, you were saying that you have multiple channels depending on what you want to post. And you were saying you have like your gore channel and then you have like your slightly, slightly bad channel. And then, and then a more moderated one. Um, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day. It was actually this person who came into our messages and was blaming us for a bunch of horrible shit because of videos we posted. We posted a video of, I think it was cartel members just shooting at the ground and they were like digging a hole with bullets kind of thing. It was just a goofy video with no point whatsoever. Um, and this person was blaming us for like endorsing the cartels, but <laughs> there's connected to that. There is a, there's obviously a difference between footage that's out there for educational purposes and footage that's out there that uh, is just like gratuitous. Do you think, that there's a line between like war footage and war porn, or if not, do you think it's all the same? It should be consumed the same or, or do you think it's something that uh, you need to um, separate more clearly? It really depends on like who is perceiving it and who is presenting it. I think those are like the, like the most like biggest qualifiers because I think, um, I, I think anyone think something that could be equally presented as war porn you know, with the right analysis and caption can be turned into, you know, OSINT, you know, news, right? And and I think that's, like, eventually like, that's kind of what it devolves into is, like, you know, you have a video of a Russian soldier getting blown up by a, a drone. Are you, A, you know, posting it and saying, like, Russian soldier plants sunflower seed in Ukraine, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Or are you saying, you know, um, uh, the Russian, you know, or, you know, the Ukrainian drone of the 79th, you know, mechanized uh, brigade drops munitions on a Russian soldier in a trench line purportedly near Bakhmut, you know? Right, it, right. It's, So right, how it, a lot presented of it, matters. Yeah, I think that I think mainly that's that's what it comes down to. And then also, I think a lot of, like, the, the presenter themselves and, like, just how they label it, um, which is, 
I think the the environment in which it's perceived like, enters can can change the, its you know meaning as well. But also like this like even the individual wording. Um, one of the classes I'm taking right now is actually about uh, terrorism and how like the media presents it and talks about it. And one of the things we're talking about right now is how you know at a base level terrorism as a word came from one specific place, which was the reign of terror in France um, when they were chopping people's heads off. Uh, following the revolution. And since then, it's kind of been like heavily interpreted um, from like a Western media perspective in terms of like being applied to the different countries and different parts of the world. And, you know, the the whole way that terrorism is used to describe different types of people or is used to conjure different media stereotypes has all been based pretty much on how it's been presented, right? Um, and then also the the connection of the the word um, two different meanings, like there's like old terrorism versus new terrorism, which is something that, like sort of perceived as like there was like a reign of terrorism, which was more politically motivated, and then like there's sort of becomes like a mass terror era after the Cold War, which is but it was like you know again these are like things invented by the you know uh, pretty much the 24 hour news cycle and mainstream media and how they apply these terms, you know, because there can also be state sponsored terrorism or official and legal terrorism, you know, the same thing which people say, you know, a militant group is doing is called terrorism. When a state military does it, it's called, you know, um, a, a bombing campaign or something like that. Or, you know, or, um, you know, a, an, an enemy base was destroyed or inside of a, a town. So it's, it's I think um, it's very much comes down to the language and, and how it's presented in that way. Even if it's unintentional, which I think a lot of times is what happens. You can have people, especially with translation errors, it's, obviously it's a huge, huge thing. And we saw that, like, with that whole Poland scare where they were like, uh, a Russian missile landed, but they didn't clarify it was a Ukrainian, you know, a Russian Soviet missile that was used by Ukrainians. And then it led to this whole fucking thing where people thought World War III was going to start because Russia just bombed Poland. Um, and then, it, you know, it all came down to the fact that people who originally reported it were just saying it was a Russian missile because it was a Russian made missile. <laughs> it wasn't right, a Russian right, right. launched missile. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, it was like this, it's such like a very weird situation with that sort of stuff, but it, and that's why it comes down so carefully. Uh, for instance, I, I'll say this, um, for Japanese and Korean news, that shit gets misinterpreted all the time, which is so many contempted situations because they'll say, it just they'll, like, like a loss. Up, it, it's literally just a loss in translation where just the translation services usually like on Google or the internet are not really good. Enough. Oh no. So people will like auto translate stuff and like, they'll think like a missile, like a North Korean missile is about to hit Japan. Uh, but you know, like the Japanese translation is it like it traveled over or landed in the sea of Japan. But you know, it's just people using auto translate on Twitter or copy pasting at Google. And then, you know, and that's right. something I've run into too. So it's, it's, and then you, and then like someone who speaks it, you know, Japanese is like, no guys, this is not a story. Like we, we, we've definitely wait, had wait, to, wait, like, wait, we, wait, wait. Yeah. I mean, there was stuff from South Korea. I remember that the Atlas guys and us were discussing at some point because, uh, people started translating it and taking the story in one direction, but then like the actual story was totally different because people were taking like the original, like flashpoint, you know, caption that had been transmitted by Korean media and then had been like running with an entirely different English interpretation. Um, okay. Yes. Yeah, so and it get really tricky with that, especially when it comes to more like localized languages, smaller ones, stuff that isn't like being sensationalized. And then obviously you have to have someone who like picks up on it and then alerts people. And then the media has to 
see that and then retract its stories and make edit, edit some modifications, which not every publication wants to do and, and admit they're wrong or they made a mistake. That's something that I personally try to do, and I think everyone at Atlas News is like, you know, if we fuck up or make a mistake, we're going to go back and fix an article or make a retraction and fix something. But it's something that, like, you know, it's one of those things also where it's like, you know, 100,000 people might see the original article and then only 10,000 people see the, you know, the retraction yeah, that you made. So it's like, it's, and, 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 then that, and then that goes back to what we're talking about, about like misinformation and like false flags and, and altered content, which is like, well, if you report a story wrong and then issue a retraction, but 90% of people don't see the retraction and they still remember it in their memory, perceive the original story and then maybe tell their friends and their family or post about it online or whatever, et cetera, et cetera. Like it's, you can see how easily it is for these like accidental misinformation stuff to start rolling because it can get like, it's like a snowball, especially with online. Yeah. I honestly don't think there's enough accountability for stuff like that. Like if I was a major media outlet and I, and I made a boo-boo like that, I would think that it would be ethical to work five times as hard to make sure that your correction got out there. If you have to advertise it, do that, you know, because especially with, like you said, it's people are going to remember the the thing that they heard first. And, and most of the time when they hear the thing, the thing that they heard first is going to be more significant than the correction. You know, it's not going to be like uh, 300,000 people die in a large gas explosion in so-and-so country, entire city decimated. And they're going to be like, actually, guys, that was our bad. They're, they're not going to remember that part. They're going to remember the, the first part where it was shocking and scary and uh, obviously, that's an that's an over exaggeration, but no, 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 but no. I, I, no what you're saying is true, and and, and also uh, and this also ties back to the algorithm, which is that you, I mean, just because of it, it's being a more sensationalist story, you're going to see that first headline more likely, even like on a like a a random you know a random um, generator, you're more likely to see that than you are to see the the retraction because the retraction is going to get less engagement, it's going to get less likes, it's going to get less views. You know, just naturally being the fact that it is a not an, a breaking story or a news story, and uh, yeah. that is a big problem with with how with how news still works nowadays. Which is also why I think it's good that we have, you know, as great as printed newspaper is, and I know some people really, really love their printed newspaper, but man, you can't do a retraction on a newspaper, and <laughs> that's a big fucking problem because you they, could print bald, you could print, you know, print bald faced lies, and if no one you know re- retracts it or corrects it, it's yeah. just an archive that sits unchanging. Which is good for examination in the future. Like as a historian, I do a lot of like pulling from primary sources for like research from uh, like newspaper sort of stuff and, and journal clippings. And there's really great archives out there that have like you know the past 200 years of like the New York Times you know recorded you know. But it it doesn't create a very good environment for like changing information, especially in the in the you know the online space we have now. Well, a yeah, lot of a... the sorry, oh, you can go ahead. No, I was just gonna say that's a great advantage of the uh, of the new medium. Okay, you good. Yeah, you good, George. Thanks, Boo. Um, and a lot of the problem is is now you have such such a a polar opposite way of covering this this stuff that uh you can you can see how based on how these these media uh, channels cover stories you could you could see one depending on your belief as being incorrect and needing a retraction based on how opposite it sounds to the one that you agree with. And I think that that creates a whole other issue because, you know, you, they might get the details right, but the way that they spin a story could, could completely misrepresent the intent of what happened or, or something that somebody said. And 
where normally an unbiased news source would say like, hey, guys, we realize it came off like this. That's not what we meant. That could be their intention. And I feel like that just creates a whole new level of complexity to figuring out whether or not something is true. And and I think the one good thing that we sort of have also is as like a site where we have more individual contributors with like their own pages, you can kind of get a feel of where people are coming from as well. Like, obviously, I'm going to write an article from a different perspective than Tesseron is going to write an article, than Rose Warfare, than Atlas, or, you know, or any, you know, or the Filthy American or Narcotic Void or, you know, so it's it's going to be from a different place. And I think it's, I think it is good to acknowledge, like, that different writers have different backgrounds and different views and beliefs on stuff, because that's what makes journalism and, and, and writing exist, right? You, people who are, have, have no convictions on stuff are not going to write about issues that matter um, because they're not going to feel strongly about those That's issues. They're not going to report on them. Um, I think it's just important to, you know, to write as much as you can without injecting your own bias into it. And then also to acknowledge and examine your content, knowing that you have biases based on the environment you grew up in, you know, the people you interacted with, the beliefs and ideas you were raised with and, you know, whatever culture, um, you know, you were surrounded by and then trying to like sort of reflexively apply that to your, um, to your, you know, content and sort of, uh, be, be mindful of, of that and how it comes off as something that's important. But as long as, you know, as like, as long as you're doing that, I think that is like the important thing. And then also, as I said before, it's like, you can't expect to know all the information in the world, but it, when you're presented with new information, if no, you take it not. in and then, and like, change it and go back and, and, and try to fix things, then at least you're doing the most you can do, right? There's no more you can do than that point is than trying to like find new information and then add it on to what you already know. Yeah, absolutely. Do you, um, speaking of politics, do you, do you let your personal politics get, uh, have anything to do with what you decide to share on your page or not, maybe not necessarily how you spin things as far as the information, but are there certain things that you prefer not to pick up just because of how you feel on certain topics? Um, I, I would say there's definitely a lot of it comes down. I mean, I, I, I yeah, I, I wouldn't, I, I won't like deny that like a lot of what I post comes from how I feel about it because that's kind of like, you know, I think that's just the determining factor for, you know, if I wake up in the day and I feel like going on a channel, which is talking about non-Ukrainian and Russian news, well, then I'm going to see content, you know, the, the most likely thing I'm going to post in the morning is going to be something that's not Russian, Ukrainian. But then also I'm like, okay, well, what channel am I posting from? Is it one that I've joined because it's convenience because it's an English speaking channel, which means it might have a bias to the West or, you know, or am I going to go for the Russian speaking channel? which is going to have a bias to Russia and how they report it. And then I'm, you know, it's all these factors to think about. And then, um, which really much come down to like day to day and minute to minute. And I think it's a little bit hard to predict uh, where, you know, exactly where it's going to go. But I definitely say it's like it, it, it is, you know, what I feel. If I feel something and I feel strongly about it, I'm probably going to more focus on posting that than something else. But, you know, but I sort of, you know, I, I think of that from the perspective of I like to think of the things I feel strongly about are important, you know, which is, you know, again, maybe a little bit egocentric. Yeah. Um but you know that that's kind of how old. No, it, I don't think really so. A way to escape that in terms of like news reporting, because you know if I see something and then choose not to report on it, well then that you know then I'm letting something you know then I'm you know letting myself get involved. But then also and I'm like, well maybe it's not worth reporting. I see like you know twenty thousand fucking 
videos a day, I, I can only post like, you know, maybe a hundred of them, right? You know, it's like, I got to p- pick which ones. And I know it's, it's an exaggeration, but I definitely see a couple thousand probably a day. <laughs> it's a lot of videos. Um, yeah. And, but it's like, you know, but I, I, I'm not going to, I can't post, you know, like a thousand videos a day on Instagram, let alone Telegram. Um, so I really, I do, it is, it is like a selection thing. So, I mean, I definitely say that's where the bias probably enters. And that's like, as I said to people, like inherently just speaking English, that could be as bias yeah. because the channels which are more likely to translate into English are either Ukrainian or Russian ones, which are oriented towards a Western audience, um, either for the purpose of gaining Russian or gaining Western support for one side or the other. Right. Um, there's some people who, for, you know, out of the goodness of their hearts, I'm sure translate Russian and Ukrainian videos equally and equitably somewhere on social media, but I haven't found that account yet. Um, so, you know, at, <laughs> yeah. at the end of the day, every, every, <laughs> every account has a certain per- persuasion towards it. And you kind of have to interpret that and take it in when you're trying to look for it. You know, I mean, there's, I wake up every day and there's 400 different telegram channels I can look at. I have to choose which ones are worth, you know, worth it for that day. Yeah. That makes sense. And, and I think it's no- you- normal. Like you're only human. You know, you're going to have some bias. Yeah. And I think what you said about recognizing it is more important than, you know, saying that you don't have one or ignoring it. Yeah. Which, which, which why I'd say like, I mean, the Atlas thing is like, uh, um, unbiased. And I, I think, you know, it's, we're not saying that like that no one has biases because that's, you know, that's, that's not something you can claim, but it's no, that we're trying, trying to in an unbiased way as yeah. possible, which is the only thing at, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's all, the only thing you can do as a writer. Well, yeah. let me ask you this too: to the to the extent that your personal politics comes through on uh, our wars today, do you feel like that's a shortcoming or or a feature of of this kind of like open source intelligence and freelance reporting? I think it can act in in both ways. I think um, I'm someone who's at least for myself politically, I've been all over. Like I've really have in my, in my younger days, I was much more like, um, like, you know, right leaning. And that mostly came from like my background and just the people who I was, was friends with. Um, you know, right now I'm much more sort of, uh, I don't don't know, I would say beyond politics, but I, I sort of, I, I look at at least American politics as sort of like being very much self-contained and compartmentalized. And it's (laughs) not really like, it's like the whole way we think about politics on like either a two dimensional or three dimensional plane is, is like really. I mean, it sucks. You know, it's it's how we do it and with elections, but in terms of like how humans work, it's not at all accurate. And I think most most people have a lot more they agree on than they disagree on. I think it's just when you look at the differences, it's way easier to focus on them than the similarities. Preach, brother. Um, uh, but you know, but but that's you know, but at the same time, like I do have you know political positions on stuff. So yeah, it is. I think um, you know, I try not to like interject it, or if I report on a story that I feel like I'm posting on because I feel politically strong about it. I at least try to, again, approach it from a, a perspective where I'm like someone across the aisle could see this and then also feel like I'm not trying to push an agenda or a certain message on them. Like, you know, especially like when covering like, for instance, stuff with the police, like I tried to cover both like the stories of the police, but then also the stories, which the media often forgets, which is those of the people like who are, you know, talking about issues with the police or, the, you know, the crime or local sources. Um, a big problem we have in like news reporting is people taking law enforcement and military sort of statements and reports at their word. Oh yeah. And, for sure. and like, and like verbatim reporting them without like any type of, of addition, like literally like, I, at least until probably 
the past 20 years, every single article ever written on a police report was, they just verbatim take it and copy it. It's the and police paste. report. Yeah, it's absolutely yeah, wild. And- and, and then they, and then and they're like, well, this is the news, and it's like, who's fuck? You're letting the fucking police write the news, like, <laughs> like that, like what? Are you, like what are you talking? That's, like, that's never not how, gone wrong. Yeah, like the state would never lie about something. Like, <laughs> do you, you ever hear the term exonerative tense? <clears throat> it's this uh, phenomenon when uh, Wait, what's it called? Stream, exonerative tense, like exoneration. And it's this Tense. phenomenon where um, when they're writing headlines uh, about, like, say, take, like, a police shooting, right? Uh, instead of police officer shoots and kills a guy uh, in weird circumstances, they'll be like, a man is dead after receiving a gunshot wound in an officer-involved shooting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, like, um, that, it's like, is, okay, so that's, like, technically, factually accurate, but it doesn't speak to the truth of what happened. Yeah. They would start. I noticed they would do that with uh, like pedophilia cases. Oftentimes they would refer to the the victim. If the victim was a, was a, was a girl, like a little girl, they'd, uh, they'd refer to her as a young woman. And I always thought that was super cringe. Yeah. Super fucking weird. What the fuck? Yeah, it was, it was. And I, and I saw that trend multiple times and I think it's, it's meant to, uh, not sound. I don't know. Maybe it's it's meant to not sound biased, but by doing so, you're sounding like you're almost defending a pedophile. Yeah, and I, I, actually, a really good uh, like example of this phenomenon we were talking about um, is I, on, uh, I don't know if you guys follow Ground News on Instagram. Um, yeah. Oh, I love them. Ground, yeah, and, and they do some really great like cross headlines examinations where they'll show yeah. the story and then like how the right, center, and left changes its headlines and it is interesting you really see there are like sometimes key details left in and out of headlines to manipulate like the knee-jerk response of the people who are viewing it like because i mean it's it's and it's really interesting because i think i think the problem is i think people also i mean it's america we're fucking we don't like reading we're like illiterate here um so (laughs) people people be like oh i read a headline that's all i need to read and sometimes that can make the difference on whether they feel a certain way about um, a subject because they'll just read the headline or like the first three lines of the article and they'll be like, well, I'm not reading these other four paragraphs, which is something I've definitely done. Like, I, I can't say like, I'm like a perfect in that. Yeah. But like, you know, it's definitely like a common trend for people to, to, to not just do that and then kind of go about their day, but take a knee jerk reaction and then make a, make some kind of assumption or make a comment or like a, a base judgment value. And then not try to like investigate it more by actually reading the article, which is like, it's like, how are you yeah. reacting to an article, but you haven't read the article, you know? Well, look at like the most annoying type of advertisement on, on these clickbait websites. They're like, uh, doctors shocked to find this one natural plant can cure body negativity or some weird shit like that. And it's like you click it and there are actual articles written by people, but it, it's, it's the, the headline is all they want you to read. And they want you to click the product before reading it because the article itself says like, yeah, bananas have uh, potassium in them and potassium is good for you. Says Dr. A. And like, that's the article. It's, it's like a, it's like a, yeah, of course, but they market it as like this, um, this miracle product. And, they do so like all in the headline because that that's all they that's what they know the most people are just going to read they don't they're not going to go through and cl- and read through the entire article 
You know, it's uh, it's the unfortunate evolution of the, the gossip magazines on the shelves that have made their way online. And then and the that- same psychological tricks work of big, uh, bold letters and flashy, scandalous photos. And, yeah, people people eat it up, which I think is, like, also affects how we report news. Um, there, another part of my class, which we're talking about uh, in the, the terrorism and on, is uh, about how actually how there's this kind of idea which like maybe you know uh media has shaped terrorism uh, and 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 the, and the reason that they say this is um sort of like you know if you think about well you know how you know why do terrorists do what they do you know and it's it's not because they just do the violent acts so they can talk about it in private it's so they can inflict terror and the way you inflict terror or fear or having some kind of psychological effect because again, that's also where it comes down to. It's like, well, is it? It's not always terror, right? Ter- terrorism can have an, a goal of multiple psychological effects beyond just terror. You know, a lot of times they're doing it for support from people they they want. You know, who who they who they like. They're doing it for encouragement, for retribution, for you know, for for a, a sad reaction, for an angry reaction, right? They're doing it for different reasons, but it's to psych- psych- psychologically manipulate people in a certain way using usually you know acts of violence. Um, but, you know, but it's like, okay, well, doesn't that mean that by being part of the media and reporting on it that, like, I'm helping them because I'm You're spreading their message? That cycle. Yeah, and, like, you know, like, and, and I'm informing people about them. And then, and there, and this was backed by the fact that there was, um, what they managed to find out was, I think it was, uh, what, I forget what war they were examining. They were taking data from, and it was, like, Afghanistan or Iraq or something. And they were examining when the media would be posting like 24 basically hour cycles about terrorism and like, you know, in the news cycle. And then when they would, uh, when like a, like a political campaign or like some other, I forget, like what, whatever the U.S. world event that was happening, basically occupying the news, right? And then they found that in those periods of time when the media wasn't reporting on terrorism, <laughs> the number of terror attacks dropped. And then as soon as the media started reporting on it more, the number of terror attacks went up again. And yeah, it was tracks. like, it, yeah, and it, it's insane, but it, like, it makes sense, right? Because they see like a trend in the media. They see that more people are talking about it. Like, oh, well, now is the time to capitalize on it. But when they see that their videos and their stories aren't being talked about as much, they realize that there's no you know, publicity behind it. There's no incentive behind cutting off some dude's head. And this, I'm talking like more like, 2000s this is like more when the intense terror stuff was going on like 2000s 2010s and then as soon as i mean and now these motherfuckers have telegram it's over <laughs> they are all over <laughs> like they, they, i mean they, they're posting videos online i mean fucking there's a bunch of like alners alners uh front al-shabaab isis accounts all over across twitter and telegram and yeah so um, they're just, I mean, they're just I'll, talking I'll, freely now Oh well, yeah. A lot, a lot, now a lot of them are private, and they are kind of like insert. Like there's like there's like two or three Telegram channels I am that have like less than ten followers, and it's just it's they they just forward content from ISIS channels, like the straight ISIS channels. But they're all private. So like I'm in a private channel, but then the channel that they're firing forwarding from is also double private. <laughs> so there's like they, they 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 they're pretty secure with their levels of like access to this stuff as well. Like they have okay, different ways sure. of publicly getting it out. Um. Yeah, it's but they but they and there's also like certain like keywords and like special phrases you have to search the internet to get access to some of these channels. 
there's a whole network for it. Like they really have it pretty securely built and they have like, you know, the backup service, the backup service, you know, the, you know, they have it running through a bunch of proxies and VPNs probably too. So, um, but they have a pretty well-regulated propaganda stream coming out. There's even bots on Telegram you can subscribe to that will auto send you ISIS content. That's not a joke. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, so like the fact that they have such a good distribution method to people like me who spread their content, which then mainstream media picks up on and reports on, it's like, well, fuck, you know, and then it, it becomes a lot of question of like, what role am I taking in publicizing their content and how am I reporting it and in what way am I reporting it? So I think, I think that's a lot more where like a burden of reporting comes on, especially when you look at like the cause yeah. and effect, um, between these sort of things. Yeah, and that's it's tough because you you kind of have an obligation to report on things, but you know the and it's not it's not your fault what people do with the information. And it's not your fault that you're going to pick up on information. You you have an I, w- I don't want to say obligation because you're doing it because you enjoy it obviously. And I don't think at a certain point does it become an obligation because you can stop whenever it's, you it's, want. It's, it's, it's kind of like a like an like an equitable expectation, I'd Yeah. Say. Yeah, and like, you know, I mean, I think I think that's that's a perfect way to look at it. Um because people, people, it's kind of like what Facebook turned into before it just become became like a, this corrupt, evil organization that tried to ruin political uh, parties and 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 the democratic process in general. Um, where, where people would go on Facebook to this is why they were sitting in front of the uh, in front of their uh, the legislators because um, they got to this point where people would go to Facebook for the news. And they never started out as a news reporting agency or anything like that. But because people got so much information from them, they started being held to the standards of news organizations. And I think in the same sense, Andrew, you're muted. At least of an aggregator, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I think, you know, you're, you're kind of under the same uh, microscope where – that's probably the wrong word for it – but um, where people – like there are certain certain Instagram pages that I go to when I want to hear about the shit that's going on in a certain place. It's like you, Popular Front, Atlas News, Ground News. I I really like because they're kind of all over the place as far as what they report on. It's not just war stuff, obviously, but I like how they point out where the political blind spots are for certain stories and what which stories are getting picked up by by the right, the left, the center, and things like that. But um, you know, I, so I think if you don't fill that need then someone else will. So you're kind of like stuck in this weird situation where like, well, if you don't share the information, then somebody else is going to do it and somebody else is going to share everything that you're not going to. And then what happens? Right. Well, you know, and and there's the, like he was like, like you were saying, our wars, the, the way you present it, the context you presented in the depth to which you do fact checking, uh, matters a lot. And so the same video posted in 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 different ways uh, can have a, a very different effect, I think. And so you almost feel like it's like I've got to get this out there and do it right before somebody gets it out there and like says some bullshit about it uh, or like yeah, lies about yeah. it or or something like that. That is a big part. Like, as you said, like if I'm not going to post it, someone else is going to. And, you know, well, damn, then I might as well post it with the best caption I can. Um, and, and I think that is kind of like my mindset ultimately when it comes down to it is that, um, you know, obviously there may be this connection between mainstream media and how conflict news is sort of like 
aimed because out offsets a result of like something, for instance, in the Ukraine war, like definitely the clips that were like getting more attention early on in the war in terms of like better edited, more violence, you know, the most exciting music, this sort of stuff are like themes that have actually like shaped how Ukrainian and Russian units release war footage and how they edit it and how they send it out to the public. Because like they, if they, you know, if a, if a Ukrainian battalion posts footage and it gets a thousand views versus one that gets 20 views, well, then they're going to post one. They're going to post the next video. It's going to be like the one that got a thousand views. Right. So, you know, it, it's, it's that sort of concept of like um, very much like it, it, it is shaped naturally in those ways. Uh, so, you know, it, it's already going to come out. It's already going to be, be a certain way. So, I mean, I might as well try to put the most accurate and like representative spin on, on it as I can, because I know that ultimately that void is going to be filled by something else. Yeah. I, and I think you do for what it's worth. I think you do a pretty great job of doing it because I've never, the reason I like your page and, and other pages I compare it to like popular front and, and Atlas news and is because I don't, I don't see an implicit bias when I read the things that you write. Um, and you can, you can tell, you know, like with certain pages, like popular front a little bit, but, but it's, it's still more, you're getting a lot more meat than broth and, and the things that really matter are at the forefront. And you're not, I, I'm never concerned about the the quality of the information that I'm getting from, from pages like yours. And I think that's, that's really the important thing. That's, that kind of consistency is what gets people to trust you more and, um, you know, obviously gets you to where you are now. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and that's something I like, I really try to focus on in like over like, you know, quantity of content because I think that's something that like, there's definitely like a lot of pages which focus on posting more, but like I, you know, I, I try to like, you know, fill that in with the quality of what I can um, you know, I, I could all day, 24-7, post videos and photos with absolutely no context and no caption as soon as they were released. <laughs> but that wouldn't be a very good, you know, platform, and I don't think people would, you know, enjoy that content a lot if it's just, you know, I, yeah, I could, I could post, you know, realistically, I could post like 100 or 200 drone bombing footage, footage videos a day that I get, you know, without any of the captions that I write. But it's like, you know, no, that's not going to be very helpful to anybody, no. you know, and and. And and there's already channels for that, which is, you know, which is why, like, I try to, you know, I'm doing something that I feel like I'm putting my, in, you know, analysis and, like, purview of, like, trying to find stuff, especially, like, my focus is on, you know, trying to find stuff that people perhaps haven't seen other places. Um, yeah. I, I do try to, like, actively seek out content occasionally when I can from regions and conflicts, like, especially, uh, like, something I like focusing on a lot is, like, Myanmar, Burma, um, or Yemen. Uh, Mexico, and even stuff from like Palestine, Israel, sometimes, which is just like doesn't show up in mainstream sources, really. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because the focus is just elsewhere right now for the mainstream places. Yeah, and and the thing is, like, and then even like out of like you know the top ten Ukraine stories, like they'll cover one a day or something, which is like, you know, I mean, like to be, you know, I'm not going to expect them to cover every story. There's like you know a whole world of news out there. It's not like everything has to be focused around war, um, but it, I think it is like disingenuous to some ways to like report on one story and then not report on the stories which directly connect to that, which are also happening at the same time, because you're, it's not like it's, you know, it's, it's the, um, uh, the omission of, of truth where it's like, you're not 
technically, you know, you know, spreading misinformation, but you're only telling like one sixth of the story, which in a way is, is misrepresentative if your audience isn't going to be like being told to go find the other five, six for themselves. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah which, which I think I think something that a lot of mainstream media falls into with that at least sometimes where they'll just leave out facts or details and, and you know ground news sort of shows that too uh, a lot of ways. Yeah, I think it's I think they uh, that's definitely a unique thing I haven't seen with anybody else, and you could tell kind of where the biases of certain articles are based on the coverage that they're getting from from certain yeah, sides. It's, of that, it's, it's but... really good. Yeah, it's it's a it's a good initiative they they took towards that because it really does. Um, and honestly, I, I usually don't see like half the stuff that they post, whether it's in the left, the left bias or right bias. So I appreciate them covering it because there's no way I would see it otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Makes you aware of your own biases and stuff. 100%. Yeah. Before we go, what are your, uh, what are your plans for the future with Outwarst? Outwarst. Did I keep calling it Outwarst today? I don't know why I keep thinking the R is the T. I say it right in my head. And then when it comes out of my mouth, it's, it's Outwars. not, um, what are your plans for the future? Uh, so basically right now, I just want to keep doing what I'm doing, but make it bigger um, is essentially the plan. Uh, like I definitely want to get back into podcasts, which is why I'm trying to like, uh, you know, like show up on more podcasts. Like I did uh Croton reports podcast a couple months ago. Oh, and cool. You guys, it's sort of like the second one I've done uh, recently. That, I mean, that, that was like the, the first uh, guest podcast I was on. And then I, I have my own podcast, which I recorded like two or three episodes of last year in the spring. And then the war got busy and I like totally, just yeah. totally forgot about it. I was also doing it like in conjunction with the filthy American. And we just kind of got like totally both distracted. And then we both went off to Ukraine and shit. It got crazy. Um, you know, so uh, it was definitely um, something I'm trying to work out. But generally keep doing journalism more. Um, you know, I, I want to keep writing articles, go into the field more, go back to Ukraine, go to other areas. I'm trying to set up a trip to uh, Myanmar and Burma right now, a trip to Ethiopia and a trip to Nigeria um, to go see different conflict zones. Uh, and I'm trying to like, I've kind oh, of yeah, made local man. contacts. Yeah. So that's, that's the plan. Um, exactly. And um yeah, I mean that's that's I, I love traveling and I, I love history in different areas and learning new new languages and new cultures. So that's kind of like a bonus of it too that I get to indulge in my own sort of like historical cultural interests, but then also get to report on news and stories, um, try some new foods too, hopefully. And uh, yeah, I mean I think at some point I do want to like perhaps hire someone to help me with the OSINT pages stuff so I can kind of imp- you know increase production and 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 stuff like that, especially covering time zones when I'm not awake or areas that I don't <laughs> often cover. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's the plan just to keep expanding the the content, what I've already done um, on, uh, on different pages, maybe move over to some other platforms too. I kind of want to automate like cross posting uh, sort of stuff, which is something yeah, I'm trying yeah. to figure out right now. Neat, man. Are you still, I don't know where my, how my brain got to this, but are you still selling t-shirts? I am. Yeah. Uh, I have a, a, a team, uh, a t-mail store um it's in the link in my bio my instagram yeah i saw a couple of t-shirt designs there and i'll probably put up some new ones soon i've, I've been asking my community for suggestions so uh awesome, yeah i got man. some got some stuff there and uh yeah i mean uh, instagram is uh our wars today too is my main one and then uh pretty much on all my platforms except for telegram which is just the normal our wars today 
and I think Twitter is our worst today. Cool. And uh, everything should be a little old link there. So if anyone wants to check out on the channels or different social media, I have it's all in the Instagram bio link tree. It's all uh, all connected there. Neat. We'll uh, we'll include all that stuff in the in the show notes also. So people, if you're listening to this right now, you can just go to the summary for the episode, and and all of uh, all of his links will be there. Um, and one thing we have to ask you before we let you go is uh, completely unrelated to the show, as is tradition. Yes. Um, kill Mary. Fuck. No. Um, if you had, <laughs> if you had one piece of advice to give to people listening, it, it could be related to the podcast. It could be completely separate from that. What would it be? Uh, oh, that's a good one. I would say every time you meet someone you disagree with, think of their spawn point. Uh, try to consider how in the same way that you were shaped by your friends, your family, your environment, your religion, your culture, your society, that they were as well. And that basically all of our spawn points contribute directly to all of our beliefs, biases, and convictions in life, uh, no matter how strong or um, vague they may be. So it's, it's always a good, you know, sort of, yeah, that's a more complicated way of saying, <laughs> put yourself in their shoes. Uh, <laughs> no, I like, but, I yeah, like that, think of the spawn point. Yeah, that, that, that'd be, that'd be my, that'd be my advice. It's awesome, man. Perspective is a hell of a drug. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, well awesome. Man. I think, thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it. I had a really good time. I definitely uh, be down to come on another time some point when you have me. Yeah. We appreciate the hell out of it, man. This was, this was a great and super informative episode. Um, we had a lot of fun with you and yeah. thanks for not being it. awkward at all. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it helps us cool. out. And yeah, yeah. You're a cool guy, cool hip 21 year old in college, uh, you know, hanging out with, with people that us fucking dads, fluffy hair. Thanks, with that, fucking... yeah. <laughs> thanks for bearing no, with man. The, the technical issues. Yeah. What was that? Uh, so thanks for bearing with the technical issues on my side as well. <laughs> no, it's, oh, it's man, all it's good, man. It's not the first time. It's always something. If it's not, you know. If it's not you, then it's me recording on my laptop microphone and not knowing about it until Andrew <laughs> yells at me for it. Or one of us falling asleep. I, I, I think, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> just, and just holding it together so well. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm messaging him in all caps like it's going to help at all. I'm like, Andrew. My, 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 wife's been, my wife's been sick and I've been pulling double duty. So I'm kind of like, oh, fucking zombie man here. He's been sending me Truth pictures his wife's taking of him sleeping yeah. on the couch. Just like, you know, like these these like medieval war movies where they show the battlefield after after the fact like the next morning and there's just bodies everywhere just in awkward positions i feel like he could be an extra in one of these movies the way he lays on the couch <laughs> you could tell he just ran out like zero percent like fell where he laid kind of thing and, and that's, <laughs> yeah, that happens, that's it, it happens more often than you think <laughs> yeah ragdolled yeah. Just like, oh no, shutting down. <laughs> save, save, save. But uh no, thank you so much for coming on, man. Um and you reminded me that I was getting somewhere the t shirt thing. We actually you get a free t shirt for coming on the podcast. Uh I I have to go back to the last like four guests and tell them that because I'm horrible at this and I keep forgetting <laughs> to do it. But uh Awesome, thank you. I will gladly accept it. Awesome, man. I'll I'll uh I'll message you. And we have to make a in a better way to a podcast t shirt, I think, because Yeah, not podcast the G's. It. Yeah, something we'll we'll do something. We'll we'll have to make them with like uh, funny little nuggets of, uh, of of quote something from the episode. 
maybe. I don't know. Just little, just yeah, just little nuggets, of, nuggets of wisdom. That's it. <laughs> but anyway, all right. We promise this is the end. Well, thank you guys. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, have a good one, both of you. Sleep well. Thank you, man. You yes, too. We'll do. Enjoy that. Enjoy that double duty sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.